From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your local church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. <laughs> we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. Laura Howe. And on the show today, we are going to be talking with a friend of mine, Sonia Miller. And I met Sonia online as she's part of the Church Care and Mental Health Facebook group. She posted a question that I was super intrigued with. And her post said, "Uh, my pastor told me to dream about what care ministry could be at our church. Nothing was off the table. So let's do that. What would you love to be able to do in your care ministries? And I thought that was such an amazing post, and I love the conversation around it. So I followed up with Sonia uh, because it sounded too good to be true. Nothing off the table. Who says that? I love it. It sounded like every care coordinator and care pastor's dream. And Sonia was gracious enough to allow me to record our conversation as a fun twist on a podcast. So this week's episode is Sonia and I dreaming together, having just a casual conversation of what we would do in care ministry if nothing was off the table. I want to thank you so much, Sonia, for joining me for the podcast this week. Um, this is a new adventure that we're trying out. You you posted on Facebook on our on our group or our community Facebook page, and you said, "Hey, my pastor just asked me what would you want? No limits, dream big. What would you want for a care ministry?" And I loved the conversation that was happening in the chat, and so I reached out and invited you. Say, "Hey, would you be open to having this conversation and recording it for?" podcast. And I am so grateful that you said yes. So thank you so much for for coming on. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It is exciting to be able to dream and think big about care ministry because we can't over care for people. And so the more brains and the more input, the better, the, the better the ministry will be in the end. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. So this is just going to be a casual conversation for those who are listening about us dreaming and having ideas about care ministry, asking conversations or asking questions and having conversation about that. So you are kind of getting a behind the scenes sneak peek at what it would be. Um, so I want to start off, Sonia, um, with just questions about your church and your community. Uh, not wanting to know like in-depth stuff or anything like that, but what what kind of prompted this question or this you know this this um this leading or prompting from your pastor saying hey we want to we see that care ministry is important we want to invest in it why why was why did that come up it for a couple of reasons because we're looking to to grow and expand on our care ministry as well as community outreach um has been kind of what we're focused on as we make our five year plan uh, but we've also been very blessed with a large bequest uh, from a member of the congregation. And so um, we're at a point where literally money is no object uh, because of this gift. And so it's literally nothing is off the table. And so it's exciting to, to think about and to dream about. And uh, so that's kind of how we got to where we are. 
Oh my gosh, that literally is every person's mm-hmm. dream. Every person just perked up the ear saying, money is no option. What would you dream about? So tell me a little bit about your church. Sure. We are uh, basically an inner city church. We're in the, the downtown core, uh, which presents some unique challenges, of course, because we are literally dealing with homeless individuals camped on our front lawn. And so we have that to contend with, as well as you know, just our, our congregants who come on a Sunday morning, um, we as a congregation are celebrating our 195th anniversary in just a few weeks. And Amazing. so it's, wow. yeah, it's an incredible um, milestone. So with that as well, we've had this presence within this community. And so we're trying to um, really, I guess, re-envision how we, connect closer with our community and maintain yeah. the the 195 year heritage that we have in the downtown core and it uh yeah it's an it's a unique a unique church um and a unique area that we're in and it's uh so we're just trying to piece it all together and and to truly be able to move forward as the lord is leading and guiding and directing and all of those things yeah. Um, it's almost like legacy building, right? You've been around, you've been a, a cornerstone in your community. Um, would you say that what are some of the what's what are some of the um, care ministries or care programs that have already been happening? So the whole care ministry position is new within the last uh, year and a half or so. So a lot of it is just really getting up and getting going. Um, but one of the things we've been work we have done is grief grief care i guess we've we've done grief share uh in the past but mm-hmm. we're trying to be more specific about connecting individually with those who are walking through grief those who are in, anticipating being in that situation mm-hmm. has been a a key point um and one of the new things we are just working on is a more specific care ministry in that um, we had a training session on the weekend uh, talking about visitation, both hospital care homes and just in homes. Um, But even more than that, just recognizing that we are 2023. And so legitimate care can simply be sending a text saying, I'm thinking about you and praying for you Mm -hmm. today. So combining um, visitation text, email, phone calls, handwritten notes, uh, those types of things. So we've we've done some of that, but we're looking to expand that. And that's basically what we've been doing. Um, and so now we're ready to, okay, but what more can we do apart from yeah. those things? So up until about a year ago, everything was done mostly on a volunteer basis, whether it was meals, visitation, prayer, kind of the volunteers or the, the, the core we'll say lay leaders of the church have been kind of doing that primary care function. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I love how you're looking at it both from a technology, uh, a pushback like options as well as in person, because I think leaning too heavy on tech, we lose the connection of of relationship with people and then if we only do visitation, we lose opportunity to connect with many, many people at once. Right. And so I love that they're looking at both angles. Yeah. 
What would you say are your church's biggest strengths right now? Our biggest strengths are a legitimate desire to connect with people, um, for sure, because that's happening in, in little pockets, but I think we're at a point where people are saying, okay, we need to expand this. And so let's work together to get to where we want to be and to do and build an ethos of care into the congregation. And so it's, it's foundational and builds from there. But I I think for sure, one of our biggest strengths is, is our people love people. You know, I mentioned being essentially a downtown church and having a number of homeless individuals on our lawn, people will just as easily sit and talk with them and, and invite them in for a cup of coffee or what have you, as they will on a Sunday morning, go up and sit next to a brand new person in the pew and, and start a conversation. So it's, there's definitely a strength in, in just loving others for who they really are. There's already that culture of care in your church. People are already driven by empathy and compassion and just being, you know, justice mm-hmm. and humanity. I love that. That's really cool. Um, what would you say is maybe a, a biggest need or a biggest gap? I think one of our biggest gaps is where we do extremely well is crisis care. So, mm. and I think most churches do uh, because when there's a need, People rally around and support, whether it's bringing a meal, sitting with someone, those types of things, which is fantastic. Um, But I think one of our biggest gaps is just ensuring that, as I like to say, that everybody who walks through our doors, um, whether it's their first time they've walked through our doors or whether it's the, you know, one millionth time they walk through the doors, that they, they feel truly seen and loved and cared for. Um, because we, we can't do those things enough and people heal when, when they're loved well. And so that's the piece that I'm envisioning gapping more so is just making sure that it, it, whether you're in crisis or not, you know, that you're loved here and that you're cared for here and that you're, you're truly heard and seen. Mm. That's probably the most powerful statement that you just said uh, and I had to write it down so people yeah. heal when they feel when they are loved well that is so so powerful and and you're right at, at times of crisis we can muster up the volunteers we can get jump into action but feeling loved well happens that can happen on a day-to-day basis on a week-to-week basis when people Mm -hmm. feel seen and heard that usually you feel most loved accepted and belong when you know in those small moments so that's that's good okay well I asked those questions the strengths the needs and the and kind of the history of your church because I like to look at that as almost like a Venn diagram where those three circles overlap what is your what is your greatest strengths what is your greatest needs and what is kind of the legacy or mm. your church vision and where those overlaps is what I call the sweet spot and that's where things will um, or grow quite quickly or quite organically. Um, And you want to invest in those areas first 
to build some momentum into developing your care ministry. So where there's already needs, where there's already strengths, and where your church is is looking towards or has a vision or a passion for, that's where you start. That's that's kind of ground zero. If you have a strength and a vision, but really the church isn't that great at it, those are outreach opportunities. Mm-hmm. So your st- church is strong, but there's no needs within your church, but but your church is strong in that and you're passionate about it. So those are ways that you can build into the community. Now, if they, um, if there are real needs within your church, within your congregation, but this is not an area that you're good at serving, that's an area where there's part needs partnership. So I would say start first where the ground is soft, dig first where the ground is soft, where all of those areas overlap, where there's genuinely need, where you're, there is a strength and where your church is vision. That's where you start. And then the rest is either develop partners or use as outreach opportunities right. on either side of those. So that's, I think, a great place to start. Um, and I'm curious, In the, you commented on the Facebook group before about, okay, what are some ideas of if money was no object? Have you have you kind of processed or developed some thoughts and ideas of the direction you're going to go? Yeah, I think so. We've been um, we've been talking a little bit about that. My my pastor, myself, um, I have a few ideas, and okay. you know, obviously hoping to grow and expand those. So. Um, yeah, you want me to just shoot them yeah. off? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. Let's hear about them. One of the things I I would love to do would be to hire a counselor that would essentially be an employee of the church to offer free counseling services. Yeah. So who would receive those counseling services? I would think we would open it to essentially anybody. Now, having said that, there would have to be some sort of of protocol and almost an application process because the needs in society today are so great that literally it yeah. could be, you know, <laughs> you'd fill them you'd up run, in a day. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, so I would envision it opening it to the community as well, of course, our congregation, yeah. um, and take it from there and just see, because again, we have a number of individuals who would benefit. Well, everybody benefits from counseling over their lives. I'm convinced. Um, <laughs> But not everybody has a benefits package through work or, unfortunately, even a job. So if it's a service that we can provide free of charge, we can help those who need it but just don't have the resources. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Let's hear another idea. I want to go back over each idea, but I want to hear them all first. Okay. This seems like a small thing, but one of the things that I'm realizing is that no act of care is too small. Um, Mm -hmm. And so with that, I'm thinking kind of providing little treats or small gifts to our community workers, uh, teachers, emergency personnel, those types of of people. Um, Yeah, just a a way to say thank you. That's amazing. Love it. Great outreach Um, opportunity too. That's what I, right. It ties it all in together. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. For sure. We have a childcare facility within the church, and so I, there are there are ways we can also do better to connect with the educators there as well as the families. And so we can offer little gifts to our staff to the staff there, and do 
something for the families, mm-hmm. um, whatever that might look like um, as well. As I mentioned, I, I would love to do some sort of mental health event where we could bring you in and do whatever that looks like as well, a symposium or something along those lines. Fun. And the last that I have at this point is put together, for lack of a better term, a grief package. And that may sound odd to say, uh, but just some sort of care package that we can give to grieving families, thinking more specifically at Christmas as they walk through the first Christmas without a loved one, mm-hmm. just if, if there's a special memento of that individual we could put in there or whatever it looks like, something that just says, you know what, we haven't, we haven't forgotten you as you walk through mm-hmm. this holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I love those ideas. Those are really great ideas. Um, I'm going to jump back to the first one and just give some thoughts on each of them to kind of maybe hear, give some ideas of what I've heard other people do. Not saying okay. one thing is right or one thing is wrong, but the question that I get most is what are other churches doing? And I think it's a great question because we want to learn from tried and true methods, but I Mm -hmm. also want to recognize that every community is different. And so what works in one community might not work in another. Culturally, it's different. The vibe is different. Just the services that are available are different. So I don't think any care ministry can be offered as a prescription or prescriptive of what will work or what should happen. Um, It needs to be flexible and adaptable to mold to your community needs and your, and your cultural needs of, of your area. And so around hiring a counselor, there's been a couple different models where people um, partner with a counseling agency Mm -hmm. and provide um, scholarships for the agency. So they don't necessarily hire counselors, but they provide scholarships or sponsorships so that other people can be uh, receive counseling from outsiders. And so it changes, okay. it shifts it so that um, the church doesn't have another employee, but you're still in- making it available for other people. Um, another idea is where churches offer uh, meeting space or Hmm. Uh, rent-free counseling space for counselors who are starting up or are looking for space to to have um, their sessions with people. And so you are um, creating space for people to meet in um, and then can subsidize on a sliding scale or full scholarship for people to be able to support or seek support. There's pros and cons to having a counselor under staff. Um, Being a staff person, um, the confidentiality issues or small community issues or dual Mm, relationship issues sometimes come into play. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I think it's a great idea. I just, just being fully informed that when someone worships beside within the same congregation as their counselor, it can cause some challenges, but you're not saying that you're hiring a counselor from within your congregation. It could be someone else coming in. Um, And so there's benefits because then you have a trusted community where they know, okay, this person aligns with the faith of my church and my community. And so it can create, 
create really great benefits of having a counselor. Um, as long as that counselor has supervision or has access to debrief with someone um, that is maybe not a staff person, um, and there's clear understanding around what is confidential to the counselor and confidential to ministry staff. As long as those lines are clear um, and you're aware that dual relationships of having a counselor within the same congregation and, and people are fine with that and are able to make that informed decision, I think it's a phenomenal idea. And I think it's a wish list for many, my church as well, many churches, mm-hmm. including my own, is to be able to offer counseling. Right. So a couple different models is offering scholarships to external people, right. offer, um, being a place to host and and a meeting space to independent counselors and then having counselors as staff. So, so many different options there, but providing um, and, and funding counseling is a beautiful and I think would be very high on many people's checklist of what things they would yes. love to do if money was no option. Yeah, I, I don't know. I hopefully, I don't, hopefully that didn't muddy the waters, just giving some different options. No, not at all. Uh, The gifts to community workers, I know that is my local churches. Like that's what we strive to do on like teacher appreciation day Mm -hmm. or administration administrators day, I think was just happened. Um, You know, all first responders, nurses week, social worker week. There's all of these recognitions or, or awareness weeks or, or support weeks for all of these people. Um, and, and I think it's a beautiful way to say, we're partnering with you. We're connecting with you. We are, we're standing with you and we support you. Um, I also would recommend connecting with a chaplain um, or having a chaplain um, uh, relationship with a chaplain because there's often chaplains with the fire department, mm. the police, mm-hmm. the hospital. And so they would know the people and might be really helpful in, in getting your foot in the door to be able to provide that support. Um, I, I have said a Good. couple different times that if I could, if I had a wish list of a hire in, in my, in my church, it would be for a chaplain because a chaplain could provide spiritual direction mm. and support internally, as well as often welcomed within the community. And Sonia, you and I are both Canadian. And so in our Canadian context, faith is not always celebrated in right. our public sector. And so have but chaplaincy is often welcomed and the doors open for chaplains versus maybe a pastor. And so it's a great mm. way for an internal support for within your mm. church congregants, but also you as it, doors will open for a chaplain to be part of first responders, hospitals, and schools even. And so you're able to have that spiritual care um, as an internal support as well as outreach. So that's another option of supporting some of those first responders and right. educators and things like that yeah yeah love it yeah mental health event oh I'm a big fan so um <laughs> ah love that so there's two resources mm-hmm. a mental health Sunday a uh, mentalsunday.com is where you can host a mental health Sunday like it's a Sunday morning service and you can do a whole event and people have used that as a um uh, an outreach opportunity come learn and see how our church supports uh, those mm-hmm. who are struggling with mental health and then um I'm hoping, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. 
<laughs> I am hoping, oh, I'm like biting my tongue. I'm hoping to develop something where local churches, I'm holding back. What can I share? What can I share? Where local churches can host their own mental health event in their region, drawing in ministry leaders and championing wow. uh, mental health in their region. And so I'm hoping to put together a toolkit or, uh, you know, a, a conference in a box or, or an event in a box kind of thing to support churches so that they can champion mental health in their community. And so be wow. right, stay tuned, stay tuned because it's I, coming. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of 2023, we'll have that. Um, awesome. Um, so that's coming up soon. And then the grief package. This is, I think, where people are so, are there's so much vulnerability and grief. Mm-hmm. And everyone experiences grief, whether it's a loss of a loved one or a loss of a job or, or you know, it, it doesn't, loss and grief is so, it's human. We all experience this. And so I think being having an intentional strategy to support people in this moment because you know every person is going to experience a moment of grief at some point in time i think is really absolutely brilliant um in the cohort we go through more in detail of here is different steps but one of the tools that i use in my church is um it's have you ever heard of stevens ministry yes so Stephen's ministry has a really, really great grief booklets, mm-hmm. um, and and you get four in a package. And so you do at the time of the loss, three months, and I think it's six months, and then one year. And you send wow. out these booklets that walk someone. Um, it's not pushy. It's just a little, you know, almost like a leaflet or a little booklet that can walk with someone in those times. Um, It's just one year. It's for the first year. And so for my church, we sent out a card and that booklet on those kind of three months, six months and anniversary of, of the loss. But I've heard of many churches just having that reminder of a loss and sending a card or a note, or like you said, a text um, of, of supporting someone through that. I'm going to look into those booklets. Yeah, they're phenomenal. They're really, really great. And I'll make sure, I kind of forgot that we're recording on a podcast. So I'll make make sure (laughs) that we put that link to those booklets in the show notes. So if anyone else is interested in them, um, definitely can find them there because they are really quite lovely. They're really, really quite good. Um, I was wondering, Sonia, if you had a a few more moments where I could talk a little bit about kind of more of a strategic approach to building your care ministry. Have you ever seen um, the triangle uh, diagram of care ministry that uh, I've created? It's kind of like a model of care. Yes. If not, I'm going to share my screen. And for those who are listening, I will describe it the best, very best that I can um, as I click through my files here, trying to find it. Oh my goodness. Doing this two things at once. I'm just having a hard time doing that, but I will find it. And I will have it on the show notes. This it's a trying upside down triangle with the point on the bottom, um, where people are able to, um, where it's divided into five sections horizontally. I am not great at multitasking. This is hilarious. There it is. Found it. Nice. Well done. <laughs> this will be, this will be on the show notes and it's a triangle upside down. Okay, so this triangle is called the model of care. And I don't want to, like, 
I've adapted this from other models of care and it's split into five different categories horizontally. So the top and the largest section is self-care. This next one is community. The third is peer. The fourth is pastoral. And the fifth one is professional care. And I think in every area of our life, this is how individuals, humankind access care. They take care of their self. They have coping strategies. We read a book, we go for a walk, we have a bath, we sleep, we meditate, listen to music. There's all kinds of things we do to care for ourselves. Um, and I, but I think, um, and then there's community where we're in groups, we're in clubs, we're in baseball teams, we're in run clubs and book clubs. They're just being together and belonging to a community is really important. We have our peers, those people that we look to just for support. We have lots of friends, but we don't always go for coffee with every single one of them and share our heart and struggles, right? So right. there's intentional people that we find peer support with. And then the fifth one I have identified as pastoral, or sorry, fourth one identified as pastoral, but really these are like professional services. So like nutrition or exercise or financial coaching, like these are just areas that there are people who are very highly skilled or certified in specific areas. Um, and then professional, so more clinical services. And, and everyone receives care in all of these areas. And I think the church has the capacity or ideally the church can serve people in every right. single one of these areas. So Sonia, if you're looking at developing care ministry from the ground up with no limitations on finances, I would start off, not start off, but consider each of these areas and say, okay, how can our church support self-care? What can we do? Well, how can we equip Mm. people? What tools, what resources, what tips? And these can be anything from like talking from the stage on forgiveness and Mm. who you are in Christ or, Mm. you know, talking about Sabbath and how rest is important and, and, and just considering um, uh, how we are supporting people and, and equipping them with the tools for them to develop self-care, positive, healthy self-care habits. So this is one area. The next area is community. Well, duh, the church is amazing at building community. And I think this is what you were talking about. This area is when someone walks in the door they feel like they belong mm-hmm. and that they're accepted. And we can do that in a, in a number of different ways. Um, we can have greeters that look people in the eye and call people by name. We can have intentional people who sit and look for people who are alone or want to sit and just check in, obviously respect people's boundaries and what they ask. Right. Um, we can have prayer teams available so that there's always someone live that they can connect with, that they, if they have a need that they can go to and pray. Prayer. These community small groups is a great way to build community, um, and you can have small groups on gosh any number of topics, whether it's you know hobbies to to recovery. There's so many different ways that we can provide um, community around volunteering and outreach opportunities, and you know all kinds of things. So community is a really great one. I think the church is already doing well in, and it sounds like your church is really doing well in. And then, and then peer support is more of those intentional mentors or coaches in your church mm-hmm. that are, are walk alongside people. They're not therapists, they're not counselors, but they walk alongside people as they journey through life's challenges. And I think training is a key part here is um, developing a team of mentors, coaches, um, care 
you know, care providers that are, are, that through their lived experience are able to support others. And that could be in addictions, recovery, it could be in divorce, it could be, you know, adoption, it could be overcoming a cancer, or it could be walking through grief. You know, there's so many different areas of life and so many people in your church probably that are highly skilled who've, who've gone through hardship and now are, you know, have the skills to be able to support others. And so I really, this is when anyone talks about training, I really recommend this peer, really engage in this peer support and developing teams and people for, for that. And then pastoral care, this really is different for every church. Do your church, does your church, Sonia, um, have pastoral care where your church, where your pastors meet one-on-one with people? Yes. They do? do, Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of churches that don't, um, not for anything other than the gifts on the leadership team right now are not specific to, Mm. um, to counseling or care, but that role of a chaplain or, um, developing some intake process for, for pastoral care so that they're not they don't have to be all things to all people, you know, rounding that out with some, you know, just those admin processes of intake and, and follow up and documentation and, and things like that are, can be really helpful. And then professional, we already talked about with the counseling right. services. And so while I'm not saying what is the perfect care ministry, because I don't think there is one, I think one meets your community's needs and your church's needs. This is a way to organize or maybe be strategic in, okay, what levels or what ways we, our church can offer care in, in a, in a, in, in a strategic way or, or in a broader way. So hopefully, I don't know if, was that, if that was helpful, um, very much so. wanted to make sure I share that. Yeah, that's very helpful. I wrote, I wrote notes. <laughs> Um, if you could hear back from if anyone, if, if we start a chat on, on the page again, what would you love to hear from other people who have found, you know, have started or, or been in care ministry for, for a while? What, what kind of feedback or ideas are you looking for? I would love to hear things that have worked really well. Um, of course, you want to know what what people's success stories are for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if something's working well, then then let's hear it, and, and perhaps it's something that can be implemented. Um, and I guess too, things that haven't worked well. You know, if mm-hmm. if something has had tried and not gone well, then that's nice to know too, because then maybe you were thinking about that, but you go into it with a little bit more may not work and, and just, uh, yes. you know, a little bit uh, more cautiously, I guess. So yeah. I think those would be the things. Yeah, absolutely. What, what has gone well and has been, and by gone well, I mean, has ministered to and encouraged, you know, the greatest number of people yeah. because our, our perception of gone well might be planning a grief event and, you were planning on 50 people coming in, three came, but those three people were deeply impacted mm. by that time. That's still a pretty, pretty huge win as far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah. numbers don't tell the whole story. <laughs> That's true. It's very true, especially in care. And you can't quantify the support someone receives, right? Right. Uh, the, 
so much we're trying to get data and numbers and was this successful or not. And I think the measurement of success in care is so different uh, compared to maybe viewers of uh, or, or likes on social or viewers on your YouTube or things like that. That It's hard to measure how an individual has been impacted um, while at the same time you wanting to steward the resources that your, your church right. has and what your care ministry has. So it's a, it's a definitely a delicate balance. Yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sonia, thank you so much. I appreciate you jumping on. I hope I didn't talk too much. I hope we were able to kind of brainstorm some ideas and, and, and I am excited to walk alongside you and hear about how you're developing your care ministry there in Moncton. I'm very excited for you. Well, thank you. Yeah, this has been very helpful. And I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation as well, because, you know, it's a brand new, brand new ministry here. And so I certainly don't have all of the answers or any. So to to partner (laughs) together um, is going to to be an an enormous um, encouragement and blessing. So for yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I think people don't realize that everyone is in the same boat where everyone is ch- kind of trying to make it up as they go. And you're right. not alone in that. Most definitely not alone in that. And in the care ministry cohort, you're on a call with, you know, 20 churches asking all the same questions. And one of the main things that people are often saying on the call is like, I thought I was the only one trying to flounder. I was floundering in this area, or I didn't know how to handle benevolence, or I don't know what to do about prayer requests. How do we follow up on those? Um, Mm. You're not the only one that is really trying to figure out how to do this and making it up as you go. I think I think many, if not most, of us are in that same boat. So um, hopefully that that provides some encouragement, at least that you're not alone. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) does. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. It is so refreshing to connect and talk with other passionate leaders about care because ministry can be so isolating. There's not a lot of people who understand the nuances of this work. So bouncing ideas, dreaming, or strategizing can be really difficult when it's just you and Google. Throughout the year, I host care gatherings, 90-minute calls where care leaders can gather online, connect, brainstorm, and bounce ideas off of each other so you don't have to do it alone. If you'd like to join the next call, to register, just go to hopemadestrong.org slash community or scroll down and click the link in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this fun episode and it provides you with creative ideas, support, and tools to serve your community. Thanks for connecting. Take care.